fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. And today we are setting the table with cornbread. I've assembled an all-star lineup of guests today to talk about this soul-satisfying staple. Karen Shankles was the grand prize champion of the National Cornbread Festival held annually in April in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and she's going to share her recipe with us for festive good luck cornbread skillet. James Beard award-winning food writer Ronnie Lundy lets us know about how she makes her skillet cornbread to go along with a pot of soup beans, and she also shares with us what she calls her dowel of cornbread. Food preservationist with deep family ties to East Tennessee mountains and mountain cooking, Shannon Walker will let us know how he makes his cornbread and his thoughts on cast iron cookware and old ways. And Josh Lowens will describe a recipe that his wife Megan makes and is his family's go-to recipe for cornbread salad. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate your good company around this big Tennessee table. Now let's get started. Karen Shankles won the National Cornbread Competition at a festival in non-COVID days that takes place annually in April in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee, home of Lodge Cast Iron. In 2015, she won this contest and a new stove. Her recipe is a hearty and soul-satisfying recipe involving collard greens, cornbread, black-eyed peas, cheddar cheese, and smoked sausage, and she'll share that with us right now. Good, good. Good. Well, now, can you tell us, uh, what is the name of that contest again? It's the National Cornbread Festival. And every year since 1997, they have had a cook-off, I guess they call it, where people submit recipes and they select 10 to be in the competition. The very first year they had it, 1997, 
I entered a recipe and was selected to be a finalist and I went down there and cooked it and got third place and it was so fun. Just the festival itself is a lot of fun. It's a lot of local people, volunteers, just putting so much effort into that festival and it's just a lot of fun. So then the next year I entered and ended up getting first place. Oh my when goodness. so that was exciting and then it's grown a lot since okay. then so this year um i was looking to see you know what the what was going on with it and they said that they were going to select 10 of the past first place winners to compete this year so when i saw that i thought oh that would be so fun just because i remember several people i've been back a couple of times since 98 in the competition and so I knew some of the people that had won first place so I was thinking that would be a lot of fun to go back and see people so they called and said you've been selected as one of the ten and I was like oh that's so exciting that's so wonderful. then in looking at the ones that were in the competition this year mine was the oldest recipe in the group and a lot of them were more from more recent contest and the recipes were more innovative creative unusual mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I looked at those and thought oh they're gonna pick something a little more modern than mine because I just felt like mine was pretty traditional and n not as you know innovative mm -hmm. as some of the newer ones mm -hmm. so when they announced that I was first place I was just really surprised. Oh, so. oh my goodness. But it was great. It was so fun. <laughs> well, how fun. And it's a really big deal. Um, can I ask what your recipe was? It. The name of it was Festive Good Luck Cornbread Skillet because it was for the festival. So that's where the festive. And the ingredients are, the main ingredients are collard greens, black eyed peas, and smoked sausage. Mm. So it's kind of a New yeah. Year's. In fact, I did it the, the year that I came up with it. Uh, our youngest son was born December 17th, so I was kind of, um, didn't get out a whole lot for a couple of weeks. So, um, for New Year's Eve, I thought, I'm going to come up with something. I'm going to think about something for the Cornbread Festival. So, I, that's kind of what I came up with, and we had it for New Year's Eve. And then I kind of tweaked it, you know, you change things around a little bit after you try it. And so I submitted that recipe, and it ended up being selected as one of the finalists. So it worked, I guess. <laughs> it sounds delicious. And would you share it with us today, how you make it? Um, or is it just too complicated? No, it's really not very complicated. It's got smoked sausage and um, like a pound, or I think most of the packages now call for 14 ounces, I mean have 14 ounces in them, so that's mm -hmm. fine, you know, just around a pound. So you kind of brown that with a half cup onion, and then you put some chicken broth in that, and the black-eyed piece, it calls for two cans of uh, drained black-eyed peas, don't rinse them, just leave some of that in there, but but the black-eyed peas, and then collard greens. So the recipe has frozen, but it's really good with fresh collard greens in it too. Mm. Really better, I think. But a lot of these contests want things that you could come home from work and just fix mm -hmm. and have. So it, the recipe, the way it's officially written, has the 
the frozen collard greens, but fresh is good. Um, and then on the top, there's a cornbread mix, and you use the Martha White cornmeal mix, and um, and the recipe's on the package, so it's pretty mm -hmm. much like that. I used a cup of the cornmeal mix, and I'm not sure exactly, uh, an egg, and then it's got buttermilk, and it did have some cheddar cheese in it, mm -hmm. about a half cup, I think, of cheddar cheese. Mm -hmm. So um, that kind of gives it a good little flavor, too. Yes. Uh, and the, the thing about it, and I think it did call for mm, a little bit of hot sauce, so mm -hmm. a half teaspoon, teaspoon, and that could all be to taste. And, the, and spiciness, if you like it real spicy, then you can go with a spicier smoked sausage mm -hmm. and get that flavor. Or if you kind of shy away from that, you can just go with something a little more basic or mild. So, so you can kind of adapt it to your taste and make it like you like it. And you just bake it all up in kind of a big old bake? Yeah, in a cast iron skillet. Of course. Um, which is the, the two requirements for the Cornbread Festival is that it has to be cooked in a cast iron skillet because Lodge is the, the big sponsor. They're, they are in South Pittsburgh. When you go down there for the Cornbread Festival, you can take a tour of their factory. So neat. And that's great. And that's all family-owned and just awesome people so there mm -hmm. doing that. And uh, and then you use Martha White. They have now, they have the, like the packages of cornmeal, mm -hmm. you know, different kind of flavors and um, a little bit different. And so that's probably how I would do it if I were telling somebody, oh, just get a package of Martha White. Um, they've got a sweet yellow and um, about three or four different, ones but it doesn't really matter whatever mm -hmm. you like and just mix that according to the package directions add a little cheese in there in the mix and then put that on top and you bake it at 500 for about 20 25 minutes oh boy and it comes out brown and wonderful and yummy so <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it stick to your ribs too it's it's good yeah uh -huh. and and with the green i feel like it's not um you know bad because it's got some black-eyed peas and collard greens and good stuff. <laughs> so some kids will turn up their nose at the collard greens, but really it's it's good. Oh, I bet. So, um, How neat. Yeah. It, it was kind of funny as we were thinking about it, I was telling my kids about it, and uh, I think it was my daughter said, or somebody said something about, well, you know, collard greens is the new kale, you know, hot item. That, that those greens are kind of coming back, and it was mm -hmm. kind of good to see kale mm -hmm. um, on the front page of food magazines or whatever. Yes, uh, it is. Get some publicity for good, healthy food. So. Absolutely. So collards is kind of in the same family and mm -hmm. similar. It's um, true. Um, and a lot of uses, a lot of different ways to to cook those yes, and use those. That's so right. It's, it's fun to see recipes that you can try. Something new, something different that you're not used to. Well, Karen Shankles, winner of the National Cornbread Cook-Off mm -hmm. 2015. Mm -hmm. It is such a pleasure to have you on the Tennessee Farm Table. Well, thank you. It's yeah. been good to talk to you. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast in broadcast, and today our topic is cornbread. You've just heard from Karen Shankles, who in 2015 was the grand champion of the National Cornbread Festival with her recipe for festive good luck cornbread skillet.
This show is a radio broadcast and a podcast. Find the podcast in all the usual places and directly from our website, along with show notes, recipes like Karen's if you didn't have time to write it down, and links to all of my guests at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our next guest is food writer Ronnie Lundy. She has a couple of James Beard Awards under her belt with her publication of Vittles, and she makes her home in a little mammal house in North Carolina, and she's one of the nicest people you might ever hope to run into. On the back of her minivan is a bumper sticker that reads, Make Cornbread, Not War. Ronnie's colleague is Adrian Miller, and he's the author of Soul Food, The Surprising Story of an American Cuisine One Plate at a Time, and his book won a 2014 James Beard Foundation Book Award. Ronnie shares with us Adrian Miller's perspective on using sugar in cornbread from his culture, and Ronnie shares her perspective on using sugar in cornbread from her culture. Dee Dee Constantine, back when she wrote for the Knoxville New Sentinel, invited me to join she and Ronnie for a meal in Rockwood, Tennessee, about six or seven years ago, where I made this recording. Several of my black colleagues really took offense at this. And so Adrian Miller, Adrian Miller wrote this very beautiful thing in um, Soul Food, his mm-hmm. book, mm-hmm. about how sugar and cornbread for um, um, blacks after the slavery era, um, or, or even during slavery, that, that they were in these situations where they were cooking these elaborate southern desserts that they had no part in. You know, they didn't, they weren't getting to eat them. And so to put sugar in your cornbread was the taste of emancipation. And for me, the lack of sugar in your cornbread, not having sugar in your cornbread, means that you don't go to the store and you're not beholden to somebody. And that cornbread without sugar is the taste of freedom. In, in my culture. And I just find that so interesting that we have these things. And I have had people say to me before, because the recipe that I use has an egg in it, but the egg is optional. You know, if you don't have an egg, you can still make a great skillet of cornbread, you know. But um, but I've had people kind of say to me, oh, your family used an egg, you must have had money, you know. And we didn't, but it's just how my mom made cornbread. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. But that Just, was it. Yeah. You didn't use an egg because right. what a wonderful you story. used those for other things. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you didn't Same waste thing. an egg in your cornbread. Right. Well, I'm embarrassed to say I've never known cornbread without an egg. I mean, I always thought, well, what's going to hold it together? It always kind of tastes a little flat without it. You know? Mm-hmm. But um, what an interesting story, and I love the one about Susie. And, um, mm-hmm. So, Ronnie, when you make your cornbread, how do you make your cornbread? Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I will say that I make different kinds of cornbread, but we're talking about skillet cornbread. Yes, ma'am. Like, mm-hmm. like we're just getting ready to have soup beans. Mm-hmm. And um, so I put bacon grease, um, probably a tablespoon to three tablespoons, depending upon how much, how big the skillet is and what I'm going to make. And I put that in the skillet and I turn the oven to about 425 degrees and I put the skillet in the oven so the bacon grease can get hot and melt. And then I mix up fresh cornmeal. Um, and I used, I, 
when I wrote Shuck Beans, what I did was make cornbread and reverse measure, you know. So I, I dumped out two cups of cornmeal, and then I poured milk into a measuring cup, and then I um, subtracted how much came out of it till it looked right, you know. Yes. So, so it's cornmeal that has um, salt added to it, just a little bit of baking powder, a little bit of baking grease, because it's not... You want it to have a little bit, um, 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 you want the texture to have a little bit of air in it, mm-hmm. but you don't want it to rise up. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually, um, mountain cornbread is actually not very tall cornbread. Yes. And um, then I break an egg in it and I add yep. buttermilk or milk until it's the right consistency. And about that time, uh, the skillet's ready, so you take it out of the oven and you kind of roll it around really carefully so you coat the inside and then you pour the bacon grease into the batter and stir it in leaving a really good coat and mm-hmm. you know in the in the pan pour it back and you put it in the oven for about 20 minutes until it gets nice and brown mm. so there's a um I, I have this thing called the dowel of cornbread you know like um the way the dowel and um, there's actually a video online that in which I do the cornbread, so you can check that out. It's it's on YouTube. It's my it's my big hit on YouTube. Um, but I also wrote an essay about it um, that um, that came out of a performance piece that I used to do with some women about how the cornbread itself in in the culture there's like this creamy interior to it. But it has this dark, crisp crust on the outside. So it's like the yin-yang, you know. And it is that symbol of, of how the life of people in the mountains were equal parts of something sweet and something sharp. You know, something uh, tangy, something dark, and something light. And that it's that balance between the two that informs the culture. So that's the, that's the Dow of cornbread, you know. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. Our topic today is cornbread. You've just heard the voices of Ronnie Lundy and Dee Dee Constantine. And Ronnie let us know how she makes her skillet cornbread and some cultural considerations on sugar or no sugar in cornbread. And also her dow of cornbread. Our next guest is Shannon Walker. Shannon is a food preservationist with deep family roots in the Smoky Mountains and a person who preserves old-fashioned ways of making and preserving foods. He also has the sweetest wife and the cutest little daughter who loves to go fishing with him, and he makes his home in East Tennessee. Here's how he makes his cornbread. Well, i got to ask you about cornbread. Okay. Of course, i got to ask you, sugar or no sugar? Uh, no sugar. You know, that's adding sugar to cornbread's really, uh, I've, I've heard it called a Yankee thing, but I think more importantly than that, it's, uh, you know, people in these mountains 100, 150 years ago, you know, weren't throwing their sugar around uh, and putting it to everything, uh, kind of like we do today. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm a stickler for the old ways, and uh, I like you know my cornbread without sugar of course there's the the debate of white corn versus yellow corn too and uh, a lot of people call the yellow corn yankee corn but uh, uh, 
you know, I've I've seen old strains of, of both yellow and, and white corn here as well as a, a strain of red corn that's been here for a long time too. So mm-hmm. uh, color's debatable for, for, for me at least, but uh, sugar not so much. Yes, I agree. And do you make yours in a cast iron skillet? Of course, yeah. Oh, um, yes. I grew up next to, well, my, my neighbors growing up uh, were Clifford and Mariella Tipton. And... Uh, Tipton's out of the cove, of course, and uh, when the, they passed on, my granny made sure that I had uh, Mariella's old cast iron skillet that she made cornbread out of, and who knows how many generations that has been, you know, uh, part of that family, but uh, that's what the cornbread gets made in, uh, of course. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I love how um, those folks, they all their cookware was dedicated uh, meaning that uh, you know they had a skillet that they cooked their cornbread in, and then they had a Dutch oven that they fried their chicken in, and that's really all those things were used for. So there was these collections of uh, all this old cast iron uh, cookware that you know been passed down from generation to generation, and serving you know a specific purpose, and uh, uh, that always fascinated me, and I, I like the idea of that. So uh, I like to keep. Uh, with those traditions as much as possible. I bet. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, and I bet you know by now that our topic is cornbread. Our next guest is Josh Lowens. Josh is one of these people who does a whole lot of things. I guess the best way I can describe him is he's a man of the earth. He's a forager, a mushroom hunter, a daddy, a husband. He knows all that good whiskey. And just last week, he was tasting all these Maker's Mark barrels up at the Maker's Mark distillery. And um, he takes people into the woods for foraging for mushrooms and edibles. And he's been a professional axe thrower and a chef and currently works for Salubrious Farms, both in Knoxville and Wallen in East Tennessee. I asked him what one of their family go-to meals is. They have two boys. And his answer was his wife, Megan's cornbread sandwich. So let's hear that right now. One of my favorite recipes um, that my wife makes, and I'll give her all the praise, is her cornbread salad, which is also one of my favorite recipes growing up, eating at church potlucks. So, you know, cornbread salad, you, gotta, you need a half a pan of day-old cornbread, all crunched up in the bottom, and you need two or three really ripe tomatoes, a can of pinto beans, some fresh corn, cut it off the cob, and the, the layering is the key to the cornbread salad. So your, your pinto beans go on top of your cornbread, and then you gotta have corn, and then you gotta have tomatoes, and then you make a homemade ranch dressing. You don't have to have a, it doesn't have to be homemade, I suppose, but a ranch layer, a Benton's bacon layer, and then cheesier choice on top. And, take it to any party and you always win and you always have an empty dish <laughs> <laughs> I love that oh and it's it's pretty too I mean I, I, I'm the biggest cornbread fan you know of course so tell me again start from scratch tell me again your things that what goes in it what are your ingredients again if you don't mind oh so um, like a, a half a pan 
of day-old cornbread crunched uh-huh. up in the bottom, which you got to make it with Benton's bacon if you want your cornbread to be the best. Too. And it takes a pound. This is my preference. you got to have a pound of bacon to reduce for the amount of grease that I like my cornbread to be in. So it's, it's a whole pound of grease. <laughs> uh, and I like Shelton Brothers cornmeal. Is, is a really good one out in Strawberry Plains. My wife, um, she likes, uh, oh, I can't think of the name of it. It's a normal brand. Two Ridges, Three Ridges. Three Rivers. Three Rivers, mm-hmm. yeah. She really likes that cornbread mix, too. Um, but, yeah, a pound of, it, it definitely is a pound of rendered fat to make cornbread to where you really get your edges right. And the grease has to come over on top of everything to be right. But, and if it doesn't, I, I, they're too cakey for me. You know, but yeah. enough enough lard or enough fat to make sure it spills over the edges. Um, but the the key to cornbread salad at the end is also it needs to set for a couple hours and get a little cold. You know, oh. that's what I always say. And then all the juices of the maters and the, the corn and everything kind of gets into the cornbread and mm-hmm. it gets everything moist and it kind of sets up right and... You know, Yummy. make a ranch dip, not a ranch dressing. That's the other key. Oh, not runny. You want not it thick. Not runny, thick. How do you make your ranch dressing? So I like using sour cream and mayonnaise. I mean, mm-hmm. Sour cream, mayonnaise, and then ranch is nothing but herbs. So get whatever herbs you want to be or what you have at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing special. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast in broadcast. And yes, this show is a radio broadcast and a podcast. Find the podcast in all the usual places and directly from my website, along with show notes and recipes like the one from Josh's wife, Megan's recipe for cornbread salad and links to all of my guests at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee, for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.